Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's upcoming Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and for this special fundraising event, my usual co-host, Teresa Giacino, unfortunately couldn't be with us today, so we miss you, Teresa. But uh, special guest Michael Bailey has agreed to chat with me about Supergirl. Michael is the co-host of From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. He's a staff writer and co-host of Radio KAL Live over at the Superman homepage. And he has a blog called The Fortress of Bailey-Tude. Thanks for hanging out with me, Michael. Ah, pleasure. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, it's always good to have you on because you you can share the wealth of your knowledge. So I appreciate (laughs) that. Well, before we get into any Supergirl discussion, I would like to remind any listeners, if anybody's new to what we're doing here, that we are raising money for the Winship Cancer Institute in Atlanta, Georgia. And Winship is a special place to me personally because it's where I was treated for and cured of stage three HER2 positive breast cancer. And when I was going through treatment, I had people messaging me or coming up to me saying, you know, I had treatment for this cancer or my friend or family member went through that cancer. And it really hit home to me that cancer affects everyone. Even if you yourself don't have cancer, sadly, and unfortunately, you probably know someone who does. And the great thing about giving to Winship is that your money goes directly to research. It's not one of those things where like a percentage of it goes to something else. Every bit of your money goes directly to research. So if you'd like to help Winship, you still can. You can go and uh, donate by visiting DCTV Podcasts with an s.com slash fundraiser and let's see at last count if i'm refreshing the page we have raised a thousand dollars uh no yes one thousand forty dollars so that is unbelievable you guys that's that's twice over twice our our personal goal that we started with and we are the uh number one fundraiser i believe still on uh the yeah we're the number one top fundraiser at winship's uh, 5k page so that is crazy awesome so thanks to everyone who is donating and we hope that if you haven't donated that uh you would consider it and uh so now that we have uh talked to you about what we're doing here let's talk about some supergirl michael because this was a huge week for the supergirl tv show on cbs i mean huge Um, And Teresa and I shared our thoughts about the new trailer that we got on Wednesday. Uh, We recorded an an episode for that. But I want to know what you thought about it. So (laughs) let's 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 get to it because we have a lot to discuss. Um, So when you first watched the trailer, what were your like first impressions? Uh, It was everything I wanted it to be. And it's kind of funny. You know, I I liked Man of Steel as, as a Superman film. I, I I enjoy it as a take on Superman, but there were things about the movie that it just didn't do something for me. And everything in this trailer hit all of the things I want to see in a Superman type movie. Uh, and it was just it was just a thrill that we have this really old school superhero show coming. I mean, it's it, it's 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 not hyper realistic. It's not grim and dark. Uh, it's very bright, as a matter of fact. I think this is the brightest DC production uh, we've seen ever, or yeah. or at least since, or at least since like Superman four. So it, there, it's, there was it's even a, a lens flare, uh, a lens flare in there. It was a <laughs> <laughs> a pretty sunshiny lens flare. So yeah, uh, maybe J.J. Abrams got on the set for a day and and shot that. But no, it was just it was fantastic, and I was just I was cheering, and I loved everything. I liked I liked how. Melissa looked in the costume 
I liked how the action flowed and, and watching like the extra stuff that came out afterwards. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm so, I, I'm, I can't even speak. I'm mad that I have <laughs> to wait till I ha I'm mad. I have to wait till November to see this. I know. Uh, what is that? Six months from now? That's uh -huh. yeah. What are we going to do? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I totally uh, share your thoughts. Uh, I was so delighted by it and I'm, it made me even more excited than I was for the show. I mean, we've been podcasting about, uh, the show and Supergirl since February, but I mean, I'm like through the roof excited about it. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of that way just in life in general. Like I don't get excited about trips until like the day I go somewhere. So that was sort of kind of how I react to everything, but I'm so excited about it now and it looks good. And that's what I was most happy about was that it doesn't look too cheesy. It doesn't look like the effects are bad. Like it looks good. And it's, and I mean, Glenn Winter who directed the pilot, I mean, that's only to be expected because he's a great director. And uh, we have a couple of uh, responses in the chat room, so I'll just read those real quick. Um, J. David Weeder. Is it Weeder? Uh, it's a, yeah. So he, uh, says that the trailer made me so happy as a kid. I would never predicted an awesome Supergirl show would be real. And now it will be totally agree. <laughs> uh, let's see who else we got down here. The mighty crispy says that trailer was so great. It confirmed for me that they are going to hit all the right beats in the series. Um, so, um, and uh, Green Claude underscore Wit says, "I've so little knowledge of Supergirl, so the trailer was great. Was a great intro to her and the world. I think that's a good point because they do kind of introduce Kara's story and kind of what her journey to Earth would be like. Because I I think that there are lots of people who probably like they know Superman, but they might not yeah. know Supergirl. So I think yeah, it is a kind of a good introduction. Uh." So uh, let's see who else we got down here. Mark Lack says the show not only looks like fun, but it looks it seems like it's setting up its own universe similar to Smallville, but more faithful to the original character. And I guess it's something we can talk about uh, that. Michael, would you rather see Supergirl be its own like self-contained show like Gotham is currently? Or would you would you want to see it cross over into the Arrow Flash universe? I mean, I, I'd always like to see something like that because the, the Flash Green Arrow crossover that we got uh, earlier in the year was fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it. But, you know, reading the comments uh, that they're keeping it its own thing, I kind of like the idea that there's this universe out there where Superman existed for an indeterminate period of time, and now it's his cousin's turn. Uh, and, they, and they make that pretty clear in the trailer, you know, you know, there's more than one hero on this planet <laughs> right now. So yeah. I, I kind of like it going to go for it, that it's its own universe. I'm OK with that. If they want to do a crossover, I'm OK with that, too. It's funny. I, I'm good either way, honestly. Yeah, same here. Like, I would love to see Supergirl and the Flash have a foot race. Like, I would love yeah. that. That would be so... Um, though, I would not want to see her interact with Oliver Queen. I'm sorry. I just... I can't. I can't. I can't with him. I just can't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of like the idea that it would be a standalone series just because I think sometimes, like, with crossovers and things of that nature, sometimes the, the story kind of takes a hit because they have to 
kind of coordinate things and sometimes the continuity <laughs> kind of falls apart a little bit. So I would like it just to be a standalone series just so that it would be uh, solid and it wouldn't have those potential drawbacks to it. So we'll see what they do, but it, it does sort of sound like it will be its own thing um, as of right now. Maybe they'll change their minds later, but as of right now, it does seem like it might be a standalone thing. Um Okay, so we briefly mentioned uh, Melissa Benoist uh, as Supergirl. What what do you think about her like portrayal of Kara? Uh, <laughs> not Kara, Kara. Um, uh, I'm so used to saying Kara, uh, Kara because like the animated stuff calls her Kara, Smallville yeah. calls her Kara, and Supergirl the movie calls her Kara. So that's what they're going with. So, uh, so what do you think of like her portrayal of Kara Danvers? You know, seeing the the stuff at the beginning with her, you know, interacting with Cat Grant, inter- interacting with her sister, you know, the the trailer took some hits for that stuff uh, because of the Saturday Night Live skit that I I never I haven't watched, so I, I really I, I understand what people are talking about, but I have no frame of reference. But to me, it felt like a young woman trying to kind of make her way in the world, and you know, yes, that could be considered cliched. But it sets up who she is. She wants to do something more with her life. And she thought working for CatCo would be that. And it's not working out. And when she gets that call to to action, so to speak, you know, that's something I wanted to see in Man of Steel. That moment where, you know, you know, he wa- you know, Henry Cavill walks out of the Fortress of Solitude in the costume and he looks pretty boss. You know, I'm not gonna deny that. And him learning to fly was awesome. But for me, as, as, a, as a super fan, you know, man or girl, uh, I want to see that moment where there is, a, there is a disaster and they have to reveal themselves by reacting to it. Whether it's Christopher Reeve saving, you know, Lois Lane and the helicopter in Superman the movie, Superman the animated series, where he, you know, saves a plane. So we, we've got a little echo of that in this. And, I, and just the added... The added drama that it's her sister that she's saving as well was just fantastic. And and just the look on her face afterwards and seeing how excited she is and then how (laughs) upset, you know, with her sister's reaction. I mean, she owns that costume when she finally gets into it. I mean, even when the symbol's not there and she's fighting bank robbers. And let me tell you how excited I am that we're going to have a superhero show where the superhero is fighting bank robbers. Because (laughs) they don't do that anymore. No, this is, you know, the, you know, just seeing all of that and seeing her a car thing, <laughs> her, you know, either as her or as Supergirl. I love this actress in this role. Yeah, I was really impressed with her because as Kara, she does have a, a, a desire to want to be something more because she knows she can be. I mean, she knows that she has something that she can offer humanity and the people of Earth, but she's <laughs> trying to be normal. And I like the idea that she can also be vulnerable because, you know, I've heard it said about Superman that like, yeah, you can you can damage him with kryptonite. But the one thing to really hurt him is to, you know, break his heart. And I think you see that with Kara in that trailer where she she gets kind of rejected and she's kind of down on herself. And and I like the idea that and especially for young women or even women my age or people in general, like it shows that like you can go through something and have a hard time, but 
you can pick yourself back up and you can make it better. And I like the idea that Kara kind of exudes that just as her, her own self, not even just as a superhero, but as, as just her own person. So I really like that. And as Supergirl, she is so confident and I love that. I mean, the shot where she's like, um, she's using her body to break up that truck. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. was amazing amazing so i am very happy with her as supergirl and her personality like you were talking about like um the whole like yeah i could do a car chase like she's doing like she's doing car chases and breaking you're right that they don't do that uh like bank robbers and stuff anymore because i guess that seems a little too mundane but that's still important there are still probably people with guns holding up bank tellers and stuff like that so somebody could intervene for that yeah, and I liked her nerdiness in the beginning, too. Uh, you know, the, the the shots of her kind of snorting when she laughs. And, and, oh, my and gosh, so of, adorable. Being kind of goofy. It's like, okay, this is her Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. This is her being mild-mannered and looking a little socially awkward, but it's all an act. And I, I kind of like that, too. I like the idea of going back to... Clark Kent being, or you know, the, the the separate identity being a separate identity. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see what they do with Clark Kent in Batman v Superman. So, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm actually really interested to see how they're gonna play it because we haven't really seen a live action Clark Kent that a uh, traditional live action Clark Kent. I don't think he can count Tom Welling. I think he was great as Clark Kent, but that's who he played. So it's mm-hmm. you know, really <laughs> to say that he was a good Superman, you really kind of can't but you can it's kind of weird and as much as i like brandon routh especially as the adam who i think he's he's knocking that part that part out of the park uh he played nerdy superman the movie clark and i don't like that clark i want a clark that, that can engage with the people around him and it seems like she's going to do that you know whether it's with her you know her friend winslow um whether it's with James Olson, because <laughs> uh, you have to say it like that now. Yeah, because uh, J- Jimmy's smooth in this one. Man, I'm liking this guy. I really am. But uh, but just but just and then seeing lights in the trailer. Um, go- going back to the costume, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Like, I-, I thought it was interesting that when she's kind of there's an evolution of the costume that uh that happens throughout the trailer and we see mm-hmm. her with the you know bearing bearing her midriff which is part of a, a supergirl costume in some variations and then i didn't notice until after we, we recorded our episode uh on wednesday that she's wearing a headband in one of them and i was like oh that's a nod to the headband you know the uh I guess the Infinite Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. Supergirl, and uh, the ori- like the original Supergirl, the movie costume had the headband. So I thought that was interesting. But I wanted to get your take on the whole James giving Kara Superman's cape. What do you make of that? Because some people have been like, so where's what does Superman have? Does does he not have a cape anymore? What uh, my no prize for that would be. This is his original cape, and at some point down the line, he has another costume. And he's giving this to her as to kind of start her off, essentially. I like that, like, like a passing of the torch. Yeah, I mean, you know, Superman, they never really go in any of the adaptations where the costume came from. Uh, you know, he, he kind of hints that he has it in Superman the movie. 
So, and in Man of Steel, it's very much given to him by Jor-El. So we know where it comes from in that case. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's not even Jor-El's outfit. It's a ancient Kryptonian outfit in Man of Steel. <laughs> right. Uh, because that ship's, you know, thousands of years old. So to, uh, and, you know, and the costume is slightly changed in Batman v Superman. So somewhere along the line, he's gotten a new outfit. And it just makes sense that eventually he would find a way to do something different or find indestructible material. And I love, love, love that Jimmy gives her the cape. Like, Jimmy, or James, sorry, I gotta say James. James, James because, yes. Because he, he's an adult. And he's, he's a grown very man. Up for, he's upfront about James. But I like how James is kind of our conduit and Kara's conduit to Superman. Mm. You know, like like he he's tight with Superman, so I think all of the interaction that we're going to get in this series, because outside of the shadowy guy in the costume, I don't think we're going to see all that much of Superman in this show. Uh, and rightly so. It's, it's her show. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get lost in where's Superman. I want to see what Supergirl's doing. But I like the idea that there's this one character that is attached to her as kind of a, a vessel and, and, and giving her the cape and the, the look on her face and, and the tears in her eyes. I mean, this, this is a huge deal. And it's so refreshing after years in the comics of Kara not getting along with Superman that we have this version where, you know, obviously we don't see them interact, but she doesn't hate him. She doesn't want nothing. To, she she wants something to do with him. And, you know, I just like that that I, I just like that we're getting that again with. Supergirl. Yeah, that, yeah, that's one of my favorite elements of like the Supergirl character is is her interactions with superman like i one of the things i loved about smallville you know say what you will about it and sometimes i have <laughs> uh but but uh on season seven like i one of the strong points of season seven is the relationship between clark and kara and even on superman the animated series they have a great relationship so that's one of my favorite things about supergirl is her relationship with clark or uh, you know superman so i i'm glad that they at least do like you said have a good relationship in this version of the story and uh we got a question in the chat uh about what do you think of calista flockhart's cat grant so let's move <laughs> on to talk about cat grant uh because i'm a huge daily planet fan so i'm excited about her so what what were your thoughts when uh you saw calista in the trailer i was completely blown away by her it wasn't anything that i was expecting and i really liked it because when Cat Grant was brought back into the comics at around like 2008, 2000, yeah, 2008, uh, she was kind of made a one note character. And the Cat Grant that existed in the comics before that was a very layered character who had a kind of a party girl image, but there was a lot going on underneath. So we're kind of getting a kind of larger than life. I'm better than everybody, Cat Grant. I mean, she's complaining <laughs> in, in, in the scene that, you know, she, she has an office with, uh, or a building with a private elevator so she doesn't have to smell anybody else's cologne. And <laughs> given some of the cologne that's out there, I don't, uh, frankly, I don't blame her. Sure. But I like, but I like that she's so sure of herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, even in the little, limited interaction and in, in, in the very heavy-handed sequence where she explains 
why she chose Supergirl. Right. Uh, because you can't write into the dialogue, well, we have that copyrighted and it's a brand. So <laughs> yeah. that, that would that's just the real reason. Slow everything down. Uh, but, you know, she's obviously somebody who is older, but still very sure of herself and her position. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what the dynamic with CatCo is going to be. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, w- I was just going to say, yeah, the CatCo thing is really interesting because as far as I understand, like, that's not a thing in the comics. Like, that is created for the TV series. And I was curious, is Cat, like, I know I know a little bit of Cat uh, from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, and there's uh, a little bit of Cat in the Death of Superman story. Like, one of my favorite comic panels of all time is after Superman dies during that story and Lois goes to, uh, she goes back to the Daily Planet and Cat is, like, shaking her and she's like, Lois, we are reporters. We have to do our jobs. Like that's one of like, that is one of my favorite comics uh, comics panels of all time. And so those are the, the kind of instances that I know about Cat. So I was wondering, like, is is there something in the comics where like she is really rich? <laughs> like, how did she start Catco? That is my big question. Um, not really. She was she was introduced at the beginning of the post crisis era as a romantic interest for Clark Kent. And she was a gossip columnist that Perry brought to the planet, you know, to increase circulation. It's 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 what you know a commercial venture does. And she had this she had this reputation of sleeping with her interview subjects, but really she was just this woman that went through kind of a of a dark period and was in a bad marriage and came out of that and kind of acted out. But she was really driven by her son and getting custody of her son, which Superman helps her do. So eventually she gets involved with Morgan Edge of WGBS and actually goes undercover to expose his criminal enterprise. She's feeding information to Clark Kent to prove that she's a serious reporter. So Kat goes through this this magnificent character development through the course of like five or six years and right after Superman came back from the dead, they kind of used her to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace where she takes down her boss. Uh, That's who's, awesome. Who's being uh, like overt scumbag. So, you know, I, I loved Cat Grant. She went through a tragedy because she had her son and her son was killed by the toy man. Which is Oh, yeah, you know, I've heard about her son, but I did not know that he was killed by the toy man. That's really interesting. I I wonder if that would actually come to play in the CBS series because there is a Winslow shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. and and they did some weird things with that over time, but for the longest time Winslow shot just went completely crazy and was kind of a Batman villain for Superman for a while mm. there. And her son's death and her getting over that was another one of those defining moments for the character. And then like a lot of supporting characters in these comics, you know, she kind of got shuffled to the background until Jeff Johns brought her back. And just, I never really connected with that cat grant. Uh, it was more like the Lois and Clark season one cat grant. Don't get me wrong. I love Tracy Scoggins in that role. Right. And I, my, that's my favorite season of Lois and Clark. Yep. But that that that's more of a of a one dimensional character. Whereas I, I I think of Kat as this woman who's overcome adversity and really grown into her own person, 
And that's kind of what I want to see in this Catco thing. Because in the New 52, she just starts up a, a, a internet venture with Clark Kent. And they break a huge story about Wonder Woman and Superman being involved. And then we really don't see her again. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot of cat in the comics right now. Weird. Well, uh, the Mighty Crispy says in the chat that Catco is in the new 52 Superman. So that's good to know. I may, uh, I may look into that to try to see what I can learn more about Catco. Because uh, it does seem like if she's started up uh, this organization in this big building with a private elevator, that maybe she's rolling in some uh, money. She's, she's living pretty large. So, uh, yeah, Cat is uh, going to be someone to watch, uh, especially with her relationship with Kara and her interactions with her and, and her interactions with uh, James, the grown man, Olsen. Uh, I'm excited to see <laughs> what's, what's, what's going to go on there. Uh, so uh, let's uh, go on from Cat Grant. So I, I guess this would be a good segue to talk about James. Uh, we talked a little bit about him. Uh, briefly before, uh, what what do you think about him uh, and his connection to Supergirl? Like we we've seen several instances of Jimmy being a part of Supergirl's story, like in her origins and Supergirl uh, Supergirl the movie with Helen Slater. You see it some in Superman the animated series and on Smallville. So what do you, what do you think is uh, key to their relationship? Um, I I think the consistency is always nice. Uh, you know, I, I really like Mark McClure as Jimmy in, in the Supergirl movie. I thought it, one, it brought, you know, it's the same universe as the other films. So that's nice to see, but you know, it, it seems like he doesn't really get to know her all that well. He's trying to, he tries to introduce herself to Linda, but she's completely distracted, uh, from the, uh, you know, with the, what the out of control piece of machinery. Um, and then in, I love in the animated series that there's this kind of for, for as much as that animated series could do as a children's cartoon, ostensibly a children's cartoon, the kind of flirtation between the two, like he's kind of interested in her. Uh, I am going to admit something here. Season seven is the only season of Smallville that I have not seen. So I really don't know much about how they interact there, but it seems like in this show, it's going to be a really good relationship. And I like that he knows that Kara is Supergirl. And we're not going to have that kind of secret identity thing going on with that. Uh, sorry, uh, Andy, bumping in here. It seems that uh, Rebecca lost her connection. So uh, I'm oh, just. No. Yeah, no, but she, I'm sure she will be back very soon. So I will just uh, keep the show going a little bit till she comes back. I'm sure she'll be back any minute. Um, uh, meanwhile, I can read a, um, a feedback we just got from uh, the DCT podcast live hashtag at kickass underscore koala said, Supergirl doesn't seem like she's acting geeky. I think she's a little bit clumsy and silly and geeky, but in a good way. Um, what, how do you look at that? I'll, uh, I'll agree with that. I mean, it's, it, it, she's, I don't know. She's charming in, in, in many ways. I, I really think that, uh, that she, I'm looking forward to seeing how they play that uh, as we were kind of, as, as Rebecca and I were talking about. So, you know, it's like, she's not geeky, but she's geeky in a good way. I'll go with that as, uh, as, as, as how I want to see her portrayed. And I believe she's back. Sorry about that, guys. My internet was buggy. And she's happened. back. I'm out. And I'm back on the stream. Uh, so, uh, so I guess you, uh, you, you got, you guys were talking about the, uh, tweet we got in. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, cool. So, um, did we get to talk about James uh, before I got disconnected? Um, I was talking a little bit about how I was I was admitting that I never I haven't seen season seven of Smallville, so I can't really talk about how Jimmy and 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 Kara interacted in that in that show. But I'm really looking forward to the fact uh, I don't know if you heard this part of it, but uh, that James knows her secret. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not going to be that. There's going to be a secret identity thing going on here, but there's at least two other characters besides her sister that's going to know who she is. So, and I kind of like that. I, I, you know, the the Flash did that because now every supporting character <laughs> yeah. of the Flash knows that that uh, I almost said Wally. Wow, you can tell which Flash I like the best. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like that at least some of the supporting characters are going to know because as much as I like, you know, the old school aspect of fighting bank robbers and, and doing car chases and stuff like that, the secret identity thing can get kind of played out on a television series over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we get some of that out of the way early on. It's not like a, uh, something that carries on out throughout, you know, the first half of the season or whatever, it's just kind of out there right at the, the get go. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, so we, we got a, uh, a couple of shots of Dean Kane and Helen Slater in the trailer and you had to look very closely. Mm -hmm. They're not very prominent. They, they snuck them in. So what are your thoughts on their appearance in what appears to be the Supergirl pilot? Do you think they are the Danvers, Kara's foster parents? Oh, absolutely. That's Superman bringing her to the Danvers for them to raise her. And I about lost my mind when I realized that because I'm like, Superman is leaving her to be raised by Superman and Supergirl. This I makes know, me happy. And I'm, I'm like, I totally geeked out. I mean, my wife was laughing at me uh, because when I was watching this, I was watching it on my iPhone because it was the first thing I saw. And I'm just sitting in the kitchen, just shaking with excitement. And when I I saw the like the quick flash of of Dean Kane and Helen Slater. I'm like, well, that's a good role for them. The the Danvers is you know kind of the uh, one. It, it's respectful of the history of the media versions of these characters. But two, I mean, they're they're good performers. So uh, why not? I mean, I I see Dean Kane mainly in Christmas movies nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I I really can't remember the last time I saw Helen Slater in something besides Smallville, but. You know, I, I I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Like, that's one of the things that gets me really giddy about the prospect of the show. Like, Superman and Supergirl have another Supergirl. Like, that, well, they don't birth her, but, uh, but they are uh, possibly her parents, and that makes me super excited. And you're right, they are good actors. So, and I think The Flash did a really good job of that this season, where they brought in people from the original Flash series mm -hmm. uh, to, to g have guest spots, and they're really good, including Mr. Mark Hamill. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm excited about the prospect of having more people like that. And I think even uh, Andrew Kreisberg was having a little little tweeting session there with uh, Laura Vandevoort. They they exchanged some tweets on the Twitters, uh, and it seems like well, maybe we could get Laura Vandevoort on. That would be like that would be my dream to have Helen Slater, Laura Vandevoort, and Melissa Benoist in a scene together. That would like I, it might make my head explode. I don't know. That would be amazing. Yeah, have her come in as like Galatea or something from uh, from the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. 
Um, the more that we can make something more like JLU, uh, the better. <laughs> That's, that, that, Absolutely. Is, that is my philosophy. <laughs> so uh, let's do that. But yeah, and uh, I'm, I was also thinking the other day about Dragon Con. Like I've met Helen Slater and Laura Vandevoort. So I just need Melissa Benoist for the hat trick. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested in uh, getting some more of like the Supergirls together. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Dean and Helen bring to the uh, pilot and to see it, you know, if they continue to show up. Cause I, I guess we'll get to see more of little Kara and I'm, I'm hoping we'll get to see flashbacks of like little Kara and little Alex and, and their time with the Danvers. And where are they in the, you know, where are they? Like they live by the ocean. So mm-hmm. <laughs> how, do, how, do, how does, uh, how do Kara and Alex get from there to like the big city and national city? So I have lots of questions about the Danvers. And let me say how excited that we have another fictional city because I love fictional cities because I'm a DC mm-hmm. guy at heart. So having national city uh, works for me uh, on a lot of levels. So that that was neat to hear as well. We have a question, Michael, in the chat uh, from Kickass Koala, which that's an awesome name, by the way. Uh, I would like to see a koala uh, be like that. They sleep like 20 hours a day, so <laughs> uh, koalas are awesome. Uh, the question is, does Superman's father ever figure into the Supergirl mythos? Not a whole lot. Uh, usually you just see more of uh, Zor-El and uh, Allura. And it, and it seems like we're probably going to see more of Allura in this one because in that trailer, Zor-El doesn't have any dialogue whatsoever. It's all Alora, which I think is very fitting for this character. I mean, if if, if we're going to have Space Dad uh, in Man of Steel for for Superman, I, I like the idea of seeing Alora kind of serve in that role for this series. Uh, and I, I'm hoping to get surprised with that, you know, when we finally get to see the the pilot. But Jarrell, you know, it's kind of funny in the pre crisis uh, DCU or DC multiverse, I guess I should say. You know, Jor-El was, uh, was always, you know, played as being extremely awesome. He was smart. He was a man of action. He did lots of really cool stuff on Krypton. But there was, I can't think, I mean, I'm sure there is. And I'm sure my friend Ange, who uh, runs a Supergirl blog, is, is uh, yelling at me right now, if he's listening, that, you know, and pointing out all the different uh, times that Jor-El and, and Supergirl interacted. But I really can't think of any major storyline where the two of them had any kind of interaction between the, between them so i th- i think i'm back i think i lost connection again i my internet was fine all day and now <laughs> this is <laughs> bugging up uh so yeah J- Jorel, i'm i'm curious about Zorel and what he'll factor into the cbs series because we see who uh, a a a guy who might be zorel in the trailer with alora and what we've discovered on supergirl radio is that zorel can be kind of not a great guy so yeah. uh, I, I'm curious to see uh, more of how uh, Zorel will factor into everything and what his history is going to be like with Kara and what his influence will have on her because it seems like they're playing up the Allura aspect of it, which I really like because like on The Flash you have Barry and his father 
and on Supergirl, it would be cool to have her with her mother and, of course, the Danvers. But it would be cool to see her connection more with Alora. So I like that a lot. Uh, so moving on from that. Uh, so Winslow shot. Can we talk about Toy Man real quick? What a surprise. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about the guy playing Winslow? Uh, he's, he's nerdy and, and, and a little socially awkward and I, and I like him a lot. Um, I, I really don't want to see this guy go evil. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, there's always that chance, but I like that she has basically a tech guy now. Like she, th- th- this is Supergirl Cisco essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I saw an, I saw an article, uh, that, was posted that said uh, that showed a screen cap of Winslow's desk, and I I totally missed it. But he has toys on the desk, so he he, seem, he, <laughs> seem, he seems like a, he seems like a, a nerdy guy who would bring his toys to work and leave them in his uh in his office area. So he does seem to be a, a, a tech savvy guy and a kind of a nerd. So he is very Cisco like for her. How do they describe him in the in the casting thing? A Comic Con regular, uh, or something like that? Uh, possibly, I'd have to go back and look at it. But uh, he he definitely seems to have a sense of superheroes because he talks about how capes are lame and how you know if she's a superhero, she should go after a a, a car <laughs> chase. So he actually seems to pay attention to what superheroes should be. So I'm I'm curious as to how he. If he does go bad or if he goes evil, what's going to drive him to do that? And it seems like they may play up like a love triangle, which is what I personally hate, but it, they could go there uh, just like they do on The Flash. Like, you know, and, and I was I was seeing a lot of kind of the negative aspects that I saw from people on the Internet that were talking about, oh, it's too girly or, um, you know, it's 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 cheesy like that Black Widow uh parody uh from snl which by the way if people were talking about that it means that they still watch snl and snl is still relevant <laughs> and uh, a lot of people who complain about snl is not funny anymore obviously are still watching it but that's a side note um but uh, supergirl actually the trailer has a lot of the same elements as the flash like you have a cisco you have um uh, a possibly an uh, a Harrison Wells. I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so I'll just call him Harrison Wells. And then you have like a an uh, an Eddie. Uh, those those kind of elements. You have a, a possible mentor who goes bad. You have a possible love triangle. And so I was like, this is almost exactly like the Flash. I don't know why people are complaining, <laughs> but uh, I, I assume that Winslow might go bad if if she, if he has like this crush on Kara and it it's like an unrequited love. So that might be how they play it. Well, I, I'm. I hate to get real for a second, but I wonder if there's oh, kind of an please underlying, get real. Uh, there, there's kind of an underlying sexism with people complaining that it's this, it's that, and and but they they they're not. Well, some people are complaining, but you know, like the Flash gets lauded for this kind of stuff, but for some reason, because it's a female character instead of a male character, it's cliched, and we shouldn't do it. I mean. That that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it, she seems to be a pretty confident character in that very heavy-handed exchange with Cat Grant. To the contrary, you know, it seems like you know th- this isn't somebody who's living in anybody's shadow. She's she's her own person. So if you have a formula that works and you can make it still seem fresh, 
by just doing it with different characters, why not go for that? I, I really didn't understand a lot of the backlash for the trailer itself. I, I really think that people are out there complaining just to complain. Well, you know, that's the internet. That's <laughs> it's what the internet does. Yeah, I I I can understand some of the complaints and what people are talking about. Like I get it. Like I I saw the Black Widow parody and I thought it was funny, but it was also funny because it played against type with Black Widow and it played against um what quite frankly what Marvel I think might see about uh, a female-led superhero movie. But uh I, I don't think that's the case here with Supergirl. And I I saw some stuff about, you know, is it, is it okay for it to, to play to a female audience? And I'm like, yes, that's totally fine. Like, I think that's, that's great. And I think, um, I don't know about you, but like, I, I can even identify with the Flash. I can identify with Barry Allen. He might be a guy and I'm a lady, but I can identify with some of his struggles, even though he is, he's not, reflective of me personally so i don't see why that would be any different with uh, a guy watching supergirl and oh yeah and i think there's a kind of a pressure on on female and, and minority heroes that they're you know like like barry allen's the flash he's not representing all white guys you know exactly and there seems to be kind of a pressure that if you're going to do Supergirl, suddenly she has to represent all women, and you can't do that. Uh, you, 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 what you have to do is give us a compelling character that you know that that you know a, a large portion of the audience can identify with. And if we're going to talk about inclusion, if we're gonna if we're going to talk about bringing uh, more, I mean, th- think about it this way: this is a you know, and and, and 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 I even feel kind of bad saying it, but it's a female-led superhero show. You know, Agent Carter to the contrary, and I've heard nothing but good things about Agent Carter. Oh yeah, and that's I'm really fantastic. Glad, and I'm glad that ABC broke that ground. But and and we're going to see it on Netflix hopefully by the end of the year with AKA Jessica Jones. But we have on a major network, CBS. With and, and I heard you and Teresa talking about CBS. There's more money there. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only are we going to get a female-led series where we have a, a you know a, a heroine that's been around for decades, we're tar- they're targeting a younger audience. And and to be fair, CBS kind of the old person's network. I mean, <laughs> yes, NCIS, you know, Criminal Minds, when Cold Case was on, which I recently discovered thanks to Ion. You know, these are, you know, CSI, which is one of them is wrapping up. I mean, these are shows, you know, I watch them, but, you know, they're also shows that my dad and my stepmother watch, you know. So it, it seems like they kind of have that that kind of older audience on lock. So now they're trying to kind of garner a new audience. And I think that's fantastic. I, th- I, I think we're getting so many things with this show that people, uh, I also hate to say this, um, I remember a time where there was like, and you probably do too, where we were lucky to get one show like every couple of years. I mean, Smallville lasted 10 years. Fantastic, right? But before that, what superhero show was really on the air for a consistent basis? I got to go, what, what, like Lois and Clark? I would guess so in the, the mid-90s. Yeah. And then that seems before, about right. 
And there was a Superboy series on for a little while, but it's like right. there was only one at a time. The Flash was on in 1990, and then there was nothing on any of the major networks until 1993 when Lois and Clark came along. You know, we're living in a geek renaissance. This is a yeah. new golden age. And I really wish people would just be happy about it instead of finding things to complain about because it strikes me as being really disingenuous and, and kind of spoiled. That, that you're just, ah, it's this, that, and the other. No, embrace it. We're getting a Supergirl show. This is, this is, this is huge. I know. <laughs> That's such a great point because we have so many different things to pick and choose from now. Like, <laughs> I, I, it was uh, one of those things where, like, I started watching Arrow because it, it was kind of one of the big things that was on at the time. And it kind of started that renaissance, I, I think. But now I'm kind of meh, on Arrow. So, but it, even if I don't like what Arrow's doing, I've got The Flash and I've got uh, possibly Supergirl. And they did a, 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 a spy, like a comic book spy TV show with a female lead set in the 1940s. That is mind blowing that people actually watch that. It's amazing. So there's a lot of uh, great things to look forward to. And a Supergirl show, I think, actually is something that people want. Like the, the cool thing about doing a Supergirl podcast is that we get feedback from all kinds of different people and one of the groups of people that we have gotten to hear from are fathers who want to connect with their daughters over comic book characters they want to mm -hmm. introduce they want to introduce their girls to superheroes or they want to watch a tv show with their daughters and i think that's something that is out there and a lot of fathers a lot of dads a lot of men want to do that and with young girls i mean i don't uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, news article with the the little eleven year old girl named Rowan who wrote DC mm -hmm. Comics and said, "Hey, where's all the the female superhero stuff?" And I, I think people want that. People are <laughs> kind of like Rowan was so cool. She's like my hero because she demanded it, and she said, "Look, kids, you know, girls my age want to see this." And so I think honestly, I think that's why Supergirl will succeed, and I think it will. Because there are, it, there's a demand for it, just like mm -hmm. there's a demand for, uh, you know, more Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. There's a demand for female-led superhero stuff, and it starts with Supergirl. And I'm very, very excited about that because, uh, because I think that's important for not only young women, young girls. I think it's important for young boys too, and and even even some older men. I think could watch. <laughs> a show about a young woman with superpowers and get something out of it. And, and, and that, and that is like, it's a different world now. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, you know, there was like six guys in, uh, in my high school that read comics. Right. You know, and we don't, I didn't really hang out with them cause I was more of a theater guy. So, but I knew we all knew each other, but there were, I, I can't think of a single woman in my high school, you know, growing up through 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 junior high and high school, that read comics. When I was uh, when I, when I was nineteen years old, uh, I, I met uh, I made a friend, and she knew who John Byrne was, and I was just fascinated by this. And it's not that <laughs> way anymore, you know. Yeah. It's 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 so the audience is there. It is now kind of like it was in the forties when you know forty four percent of the readership was female. They they had stats on this where, you know, girls were reading comics just as much as boys were. 
some point, for whatever reason, that stopped. But now, because of these movies, and because everybody gets a, a seat at the table now, and it's not a boys' club anymore, you you have a moral imperative to do a show like this. Yeah, and it's it's really funny because uh, I, I love Tumblr. Sometimes Tumblr is the worst, but sometimes Tumblr <laughs> is the best. And uh, I've noticed that there there can there can be trends. Not now, you can't factor in like, oh, this is definitely going to be this this way because of the notes on a Tumblr post. But I, I noticed uh, back like when Once Upon a Time premiered, uh, there there was a, a growing fandom that happened even just at the very beginning of the show. Well, the, I, I saw a Tumblr post the other day that was like a bunch of GIFs of the Supergirl trailer, and it had over 23,000 notes on it in like under 24 hours. And to mm -hmm. me, that showed like what the demand was that people wanted to see more of this and i think that's just going to grow and grow and grow and so i'm i'm very interested to see how it does on cbs because it is kind of a, a harder environment to uh for a show to succeed on you know the big three broadcast networks but i think if if anybody can do it i think supergirl will so i'm very excited to see how it does when it premieres and you're gonna have cbs and then you're gonna have hulu plus which is probably gonna carry it as well i mean you know, DVRs. I mean, it's, it, you know, you guys were talking about that on a recent episode where, you know, catching it live is great, but that's not how a lot of people watch television anymore. So, right, right. Yeah, so it, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens because I think the demand is definitely there. Well, um, one of the things I definitely wanted to, to get to were uh, kind of the, uh, we, we kind of briefly talked about, uh, the Hank Henshaw character. And I, I know, you know, uh, a great deal about Superman. Mm -hmm. The only, the only cyborg Superman stuff that I know of is from the death of Superman. So, um, what do you think about the possibility of having a Hank Henshaw on this series where he's not actually, <laughs> I don't know, maybe he's a robot. I don't know. But what, what do you think about the inclusion of Hank Henshaw in this series? It's a good name check. I mean, to be fair, when Hank Henshaw first appeared, the idea of him being a cyborg Superman wasn't there at all. It was this issue of Adventures of Superman where Dan Jurgens wrote a story of what would happen if the same, the same thing that created the Fantastic Four happened to these four people, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. And pretty much they almost all ended up dying during the course of the story. And they just he just brought that character back for... Reign of the Superman, which I loved because I remember when that issue came out and then having the callback to it, I felt like I was on the ground floor. So it was one of the happiest experiences of Reign of the Superman was that reveal. Having him be basically the head of the DEO, and I am a fan of the DEO. I loved when they introduced that into DC. Uh, oh, so the, that is actually a comic book element. I didn't know if that was oh, something created for yeah, the show or that, not. Oh, okay, so that's another thing I need to, to research. Yeah, there is a series that you need to check out if you can find it on eBay called Chase, uh, which has a, a, a woman who is an agent for the DEO, and it's, it's an extremely good book. Uh, but no, that was, that was one of those things. It was, it, you know, Marvel has S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the DEO wasn't S.H.I.E.L.D., but they were basically the government organization that monitored Made of Humans. So seeing that in here made me happier than I, than I can tell you. 
And if and if they introduce Hank Henshaw and they make him the gruff field commander, essentially the guy that kind of sends her on her missions, and then eventually he becomes a cyborg Superman, I would love that. Oh, I would eat that up with a spoon. I would love to see him <laughs> like have a really good relationship with her, and I would love to see that completely fall apart, uh, and him become the cyborg Superman again. I'm I'm great with it both ways. That's awesome to know because that is something. Thing I didn't know because, like I said, I only have one one knowledge point, one touch uh, touch point for Hank Henshaw. So I'm definitely going to look into the DEO in the comics. So good info. Um, and and to to kind of piggyback on the villain stuff, uh, we we got to see an axe in, in the trailer. So it looked like because mm-hmm. we had pre- uh, previously been told that there was going to be a lumberjack in the trailer. But then there's also a guy in there who looks a lot like Owen Yeoman, who we know is going to be playing Vartox. So I'm a little confused about the lumberjack Vartox thing. What do you make of that? Uh, we're probably going to end up with two supervillains in the pilot. Uh, mm. I don't know if uh, I, my my sense is is that she's fighting the lumberjack. I can't say that with a straight face. Uh, she's <laughs> fighting the the lumberjack because I have a Monty Python song running through my head right now. So. Uh, you know, she's fighting the lumberjack and somehow Vartox is kind of either somebody she takes on physically or he's kind of manipulating things in the background because somebody pointed it out to me. There are some Easter eggs in the DEO sequences. One of them looks like a character named Despero, who's an alien despot in the DC universe. So I have a feeling that there is a big bad out there because all these shows have that now. I mean, they, you know, the, you know, the Flash did a great job of having, like, you know, the villain of the week and it not having it feel like, you know, oh, great, another person in Smallville got infected by, you know, meteor rocks. Right. Uh, not, that th- not that there's anything wrong with that, but <laughs> I, I have a feeling that Vartox is probably going to be connected, either is going to be the big bad or is going to be the connected to the big bad of the first season. Uh, and that the lumberjack is yeah, probably yeah. I'm interested to see there. what they uh, do with Vartox because I like uh, I I don't know actually I don't know much about Vartox or lumberjack. I, I I didn't even know who lumberjack was until the announcement of this show. So um, did we lose Rebecca again? I believe we did... did. So I'm uh, oh, I'm no. here. Um, I uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm so sorry that it, Rebecca that her connection is messing up. It's uh, uh, but you know, till she get, she will be back pretty soon. Her connection seems to um, come back pretty quickly. So I thought I, I would ask um, a question while she while we wait for her to come back. Um, they were talking about you know you guys were talking about Jorel uh, and how if he's going to have any significance in this because you know his brother is Sorel. So mm-hmm. um, be, the thing that I I'm wondering about: Do you think in this show? Do you think Kara, Kara is going to have the mission of having to protect Kal-El like she was, you know, like in the comics and so on, that she was sent to, you know, she was sent along with him to look after him? Um, that's entirely possible because she is obviously much older than Cal. I, I, I think they're probably going to do something that her ship got delayed uh, for whatever reason. And they did that with Power Girl when they introduced her in the 70s on Earth 2. Uh, she was in suspended animation for years and came out an adult on Earth, basically, or a young woman. Uh, so it seems like, you know, she's 11, 12 years old when they launch her into space. And m- like I said, my feeling is is that when she lands, she's going to be 
uh, found by Superman and kind of surprised that the cousin that she was probably sent there to kind of look over is now much older than she is physically. So I, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Superman factors into it. At the same time, I don't want him to be in the factor in too much because this is her show. I agree. You know, because no. the thing is, is that when you when you bring Superman into it, you're going to then have people who's like, "Well, when are we going to see Superman?" And the answer is, you're not going to see Superman unless there is a major tidal wave in Warner Brothers. Uh, they want to keep that character for the movies. You know, the fact that we're getting shadowy Superman is surprising in and of itself. Yeah, no, and to me and. I got a little controversial about this, like, if, you know, like some people I was talking about before we got more details about the show. And I had said for a long time that I was basically going to accept, um, I, I could accept a Supergirl TV show where Superman doesn't even exist, that she was the, the last survivor of Krypton and all that, so that we, we didn't need to, you know, because you know that every Comic-Con now is going to have, you know, one of the one of those people that will say, so when is Superman going to be on the show? You're going to have fans mm-hmm. asking about it all the time, and I'm like, I would almost prefer if he didn't exist, because, you know, here's the thing, these shows are seen as Elseworlds shows in a way, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish, and I kind of wish that that, and I know, as a you know, as a big Superman fan that I am, I know that Supergirl's she has this big connection with Superman. But I would have almost loved to have seen if she had been disconnected with Superman completely, to, to, because I know DC has been trying to get this. Has been you know they've been trying to get this character to work for many many years. Yeah, I mean, I I would have been okay with it. I would have been okay if she was. Um the only hero in the universe essentially and 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 not only you know preceded superman but superseded superman uh well, there's a pun in there that i'm missing but you know that, that she basically you know was the super filled the superman role of this particular television universe but the fact that they're going in with that she is his cousin I, I, I like that it opens up things for the Superman family in general because, you know, Superman's kind of taken a back seat uh, as a character. Uh, you know, just Batman's popularity is overwhelming, uh, especially at DC Comics. So to see, you know, when they announced that there was going to be a Supergirl show, I was just excited that we were getting super anything on television, in all honesty. Uh, so if, if it was just going to be Supergirl and she was going to be it, and she was the sole survivor of Krypton, I was fully prepared to be on board with that. And now Rebecca is back, so I'm going to... Guys, I'm, I'm going to leave a strongly worded uh, voicemail for AT&T <laughs> for my <laughs> internet problems. I'm so sorry. I never, ever have this kind of issue. Uh, but yeah, so I am back, so sorry about that. Uh, I just, I just want to keep you on your toes, Michael. That's that's what it is. I, w- I want to test your ability to be live, even though you're a master at it. I'm, I'm um, pretty good at just uh, just talking and talking, and and if I make sense, then all, all the better. So you're 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 a total pro. Um, <laughs> so sorry about that. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about what you thought about the special effects in the Supergirl trailer. I don't know if you had hit on that or not, but I was, I was wondering what oh. your thoughts on that. Like, what, what do you think about the uh, visuals of seeing Supergirl use all of her abilities? Loved it. Loved everything about it. On a TV budget, they are nailing it. 
They, they, it is, you know, the Flash really raised the bar with what you can do on television. And now that you have a, a, a network that actually has some a little more oomph behind it, uh, you know, they're obviously spending the money wisely because the flying effects look great. And the scene where she's fighting the guy at the end and kicking him while in the air, I was incredibly impressed with that because wow yeah. works hard. So oh, yeah. the, fact, the fact that they made it look as smooth as they did and the heat vision is really awesome. It's like this mix of it's basically the heat vision from Man of Steel, but blue. And I really like that. Yeah, that's a it's an interesting take on it because, you know, you know, if I turn on my gas stove, the, the fire underneath that is blue. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a cool take to to see what what the difference is there with the I, I, I'm not totally sure is is blue like does that mean it's hotter? I, I'm not sure. Uh, I believe but, it's like yellow, red, blue, uh, purple and white. Hmm. I'm trying to remember this c- character named Loose Cannon that actually the matter he got the he changed color. And the mad at, when he was at his angriest, he was white because you know white hot, so it makes sense. Oh, but, yeah, That's I, I, cool. I I didn't think about that, but you know they've had to reinvent heat vision like five times in the past decade and a half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What, vi- what can what can, what can somebody do to to make it new? I mean, you know, Smallville had the 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 kind of wavering air effect. Uh, and that was carried over into Superman Returns. And then, you know, I, I thought the heat vision in Man of Steel was extremely impressive. Uh, but this, I mean, it blew me away when I when I saw that clip and saw her using her heat vision. I'm like, oh wow, they're really going, they're going all out with these powers. So I'm expecting yeah. to see super hearing and all that. Yeah, I totally missed it. Uh, the, the when we recorded our reaction episode for Supergirl Radio, I totally missed Heat Vision at the end. It's it's in that trailer, and I completely missed it. But uh, some people were saying we were getting feedback that people thought that Kara uses her Heat Vision to warm up the coffee that she gives Cat, which I thought was a very clever observation that that could possibly be it. Yeah, she also I, does I, that. I like that too, and and there was a little comment, and it's like your coffee's hot, and Cat seems surprised by this. So, and, and I'm a fan of the mundane uses of the superpowers too. Uh, anytime they did that on Lois and Clark, I thought it was cute. Yeah, I have very uh, real memories of Clark doing that when because Lois and Clark would go and get coffee all the time outside the Daily Planet. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he did that as well, where he would use his heat vision to warm up the coffee. So I think that is a real possibility, and I think she uses her super hearing as well in the office to notice that Cat is about to show yes. up. So I, I think that's really cool. So there's a lot of mundane uses of her abilities and we even see her use i assume that's x-ray vision i don't know what the difference is you'll have to help me with this but like there's x-ray vision and then there's like telescopic telescope telescopic yep. i believe telescopic vision so would her use of seeing into the plane where alex is is that telescopic vision would you say or is it x-ray vision I would say since you see her in the window that it would be more telescopic, but uh, there are many times in the comics where he uses both at the same time. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that Kara would do the same thing 
Uh, and I, and I, I like the mixing and matching of the vision powers, which some people think are really silly outside of heat vision. Uh, I, I think they're charming. I, I like the fact that Kryptonians can see really far away and then basically do the inverse and, and, and factor in on, I'm, I'm not quite, I'm not, as much of a fan as like they can read DNA, but I, I do like when they use microscopic vision as well. So I, uh, I'm just a fan of the uh, outside of super ventriloquism. I'm, I'm fan of the entire power base that most Whoa. of the get. Go, go back. Super ventriloquism. Oh, we're you've never heard talk... of super. Oh, <laughs> Silver... we need to talk about that. In the silver age, Superman had super ventriloquism and so did Kara, obviously, where he would throw his voice over extended periods of time, uh, uh, over, uh, over distances. Hmm. But this wasn't done with an actual, like, puppet. It was just a, a way to throw his voice. Is, is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. Okay. Interesting. All right. I'll keep that in mind. I, I was not aware of this ability. <laughs> uh, so that, that's good to know. It's another thing. I'm I'm learning so much, Michael. I'm gonna have to go and research a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm very pleased with all, the way her abilities look. Um, wire work is hard from everything I've seen. I've never tried to do it, but I know that you have to have a really strong core and you have to be really fit to do. It's not just kind of goofing off on wires. Like you have to really be physically fit in order to balance yourself. So I was very impressed. Like the the scene where she's catching the plane and like having to slow it down, that mm -hmm. is really, really well done. Yeah, and again, it's on a television budget. You wouldn't yep. even think of television doing this, you know, uh, up up until the, the very recent, uh, you know, the, you know, Smallville played with it, you know, in certain, in certain instances, but they never... I mean, even that final ep the final episode, it seemed like a lot of the special effects were really like kind of video gamey. Uh, where here it looks a lot smoother and a lot more realistic, if that's a term you uh, really want to throw around for a Supergirl series. Yeah, uh, Kickout Squala in the chat uh, mentions uh, CW doing a really great job with the Flash and all of their effects, and I, I think the the standard has been upped by the mm -hmm. Flash, and uh, I and I, I'm glad that uh, the the people uh, associated with the Flash, like Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg, those those guys, and I think even the same effects guy who does the Flash. And who did Grodd actually worked on Supergirl too. So we'll have some of those same people working on Supergirl. So that makes me really happy to try to keep up with the standards of what the Flash is doing. Because it's pretty incredible. And uh, so so Supergirl should be a lot of fun to watch visually. You can tell the music's the same. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the full-on Supergirl theme. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I, I have high expectations for it actually. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, or to hearing uh, what her her music will be because um, I thought we heard a little bit of it in the trailer, but uh, Amy Marie uh, from the Flash podcast actually tweeted Blake Neely to see if that was his stuff, and he said no. So I was like, oh, so we haven't even heard it yet. So mm -hmm. that's that's going to be neat to watch the pilot and not be spoiled by that. So we'll actually get a taste of his score when the, the pilot actually premieres. So that's something to look forward to. Um, in terms of the trailer, what do you have like a favorite moment when you watch the trailer and you were like, ah, I got to go back and rewatch that? Uh, 
there's two that kind of tie for it. Uh, one is her the fight at the end with the truck and her putting herself in front of the truck, uh, just visually. Thing, and I kind of liked watching her fight the bank robbers. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know people are probably going to complain that she didn't kill them by punching them, but it's really interesting. The the bullets bouncing off of her effect was really well done. And I liked that. And I, and I love, you know, right before that, it's like, are you bulletproof? Hope so. <laughs> she just goes off. I mean, she is that's, so charming. That's just, so Supergirl. I, to, to, I, to, go, to go off and like, well, I don't know if this is, this is going to protect me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, to me, that is so Supergirl. Uh, I, I think... Once again, they have cast somebody, and I and this is the first thing I'm ever seeing this uh, Melissa Benoist in, uh, because I never really watched Glee, uh, and uh, I, the movie she was in recently, uh, or apparently you see quite a bit of her, um, <laughs> is uh, I, I haven't seen. But just seeing her in this role, I don't see an actress playing Supergirl. I see Supergirl. Right. And that that was my biggest takeaway from the from this trailer is that they found somebody like Chris Reeve, like Chris Evans, like Grant Gustin, even uh, you know, over on the Flash television series, who just embodies the role so much that and plays it with such an earnestness that you totally believe in whatever that person is saying. You know, as much as I love Lois and Clark, and as much as I love Dean Cain as Clark Kent. Sometimes as Superman, I didn't buy it as much because he didn't seem to have the conviction that I would want out of Superman. But I'm getting, I'm totally getting that. So I guess if I if I had to really nail down a favorite part of the trailer, it's her as Supergirl and and and, and playing that character to the hilt. Yeah, it's funny with that that scene where she is fighting the bank robbers and they're shooting the bullets at her. I love the moment where she realizes that she is bulletproof and she kind of gets really happy about it, probably because she knows she's not going to die, but also (laughs) because she is wowed by her abilities. And I think that's another thing that we've seen over time, over all the comics and the Smallville and um, even with uh, Supergirl, the movie a little bit, you see that one of the traits of Kara or Kara is that she wants to use her abilities and she likes using her abilities. She's even in the trailer, like watching a news story covering her thing that she did and she's excited about it. And I think that's kind of what I'm, I don't know what you think about this, but I think that's kind of what separates her from Superman. Like Superman is very, you know, I have a responsibility. I want to take this seriously. You know, I'm, I'm only going to, uh, I'm not going to abuse it. You know, I'm not going to just kind of goof off and, you know, I have a job to do. But for me, Supergirl is like, hey, I'm going to go and uh, use these abilities and and, uh, have fun with it. And so I liked seeing that in the trailer. I mean, go back to the first appearance of the character in Action 252. She's on the cover and there's Superman looking all startled because it was the Silver Age. And if anything weird happens, Superman was going to look startled. (laughs) And he's like, great guns. It's a flying girl. And she's like, yes, I'm Supergirl. And I have all your powers. So right there, it's just like, yeah, I've got all your powers. Isn't this awesome? So, (laughs) and, And it's... The thing about this show that I'm looking forward to the most 
is uh, I I had to be converted to Smallville. I liked Smallville uh, until they killed Jonathan Kent, and I was kind of done with the show for a little while after that uh, Mm -hmm. because I liked John Schneider in that role so much. But the thing about Smallville is that Smallville came on at a time when people were still hiding from the uh, the superhero thing. You know, mm-hmm. no flights, no tights. You know, right. the X-Men were afraid to show the costumes. And Spider-Man kind of changed the game a little bit, but it didn't really, it hasn't, it really wasn't until 2008 with Iron Man that people started embracing it. And even Arrow didn't embrace it in the first season. They did everything they could to make him look street level. And it was right. only in the second season when, it, you know, and I don't watch the show, so this is the outside looking in. Um <laughs> they seem to do more costumes. And then with the flash, it's like the flood, you know, like it's on at this point, you know, we're going to have a costume and we're going to have super villains and we're going to have goofy names. And, and, and sometimes they, they, you know, they, they, they they're a little too cute about it, but it's like Supergirl seems to be the natural extension of all of that. It's like, not only that, we're going to have a Kryptonian in a costume with an S on her chest, you know, and Suck she's it, got America. yeah yeah totally totally well on the on that note um are there uh you mentioned some super villains are there any uh villains that you would want to see on the show to come and give kara a hard time uh silver banshee because i think sterling gates when he came on to supergirl did a lot of good stuff with her uh reactron as uh, mm-hmm. a good radioactive type villain. Um, I would like them to see them bring more Superman villains since we're not going to really see a lot of them in the films. Why not use them for Kara? Uh, and, and in that case, if you have a Superman villain, you can have them be a little older as somebody who faced Superman back in the day and is now coming out of the woodwork to take on his cousin. Uh, so, you know, you got a whole rogues gallery there, but, uh, you know, in the notes you mentioned Bizarro Supergirl. I would love to see that. I I I, I don't think they're going to do it right away, but that's that's a great sweeps week type uh, type <laughs> episode with the. Uh, yep. And uh, another one you mentioned in your notes, the Dark Supergirl. Uh, I'm a little afraid they're gonna go at some point, like do like her not going bad, but becoming bad, if that makes any sense. But uh, no, I I, I think. I think there are a lot of villains that they can retool. Uh, there was another one named Blackstar, who was kind of a magic witch type character that went up against her. Uh, there was a, a, a Matrix Prime, who was kind of a ganglord type character, and there was even a, like a little team of other villains that he teamed up with, and they were uh, I forget what they were called, but it was uh, that's from the the mid eighties series. So there's a lot of characters, uh, that they can bring in. Uh, I would love to see the female fury show up. Oh yes. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be cool if they did something sort of, I mean, I mean, come on, there's, there's so many Supergirl stories that like you've even come to talk to us about on Supergirl radio, where she goes to apocalypse and interacts with them. And I I would even love it if she had some, they may not do the mascara because of the cinematic universe, but I mean, can we get Donna Troy on there? Do a mm-hmm. little, uh, do a little Wonder Girl, uh, something, something. Um, but the female Furies would, oh, that would be so cool if we could see them come on and uh, 
just them all fighting together. That would be so great. Um, I, a couple of uh, comments in the chat. Uh, Kickass Gorilla says uh, wants to see Lex, which we might get something like that with the Alex character. Um, some people have speculated that Alex may be kind of a Lex because Lex is in her name. So that would be so heartbreakingly sad for me because it looks like they're they're good sisters uh, and have a good relationship. But that may be a thing. She did wear a lot of black in the trailer, I noticed. I was mm-hmm. like, Alex, you're wearing a lot She's of black. A- She's a government agent. I mean, she's, yeah, you know, she but works, she, she also my turn evil. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when you wear all black, sometimes that's not great. That's one of the things they did on Smallville all the time. If you wore all black, it meant you were doing something bad. Um, and uh, Zach Young one says Lobo. You think you think we'd ever see a, a Lobo with uh, the Supergirl? I have a feeling that if they did Lobo, they would do kind of the uh, the skinnier version that came out in the new 52 that actually faced off against Supergirl. Oh. Uh, so I could totally see them doing Lobo. Yeah. You know, thinking thinking about that, that would be that would be kind of neat. And then I mean, uh, here's some uh, Maxima uh who was uh yeah. good guy bad guy in the in the pre-crisis uh oh, I mean the the post god, there's so many eras. It's not even funny anymore. It's <laughs> it's not like the old days when there was two. Um but really, you know, as the the Supergirl title in the New 52 was the one consistent Superbook that I enjoyed every month. And I, I kind of hope that if they do the Cyborg, they don't do it like the comics. And I don't want to spoil that for you. Uh, because it was an interesting idea that I immediately got tired of. <laughs> which was kind of, kind of depressing. I was like, oh, that's cool. I never want to see this again. So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, there there's just there's such a rich tapestry. And I think at the flash and arrow have proven anything and this upcoming legends uh, of tomorrow where they're pulling in Vandal Savage, one of my favorite villains of the DC universe who uh, Dean Kane kind of played on, uh, on Smallville. He kind of did. Yeah. He was a pretty good uh, bad guy. uh, But again, since I haven't seen season seven, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to see, uh, see that yet. It's, it's sitting on my shelf, but no, if the flash (laughs) and arrow have, have proven anything is that you can take characters that are not normally associated with a particular hero. Deathstroke until like 2006 was never really associated with green arrow in the comics. Right. He was a Titans villain, but now I, I think if you polled the average viewer and comic book reader nowadays, they wouldn't even know that he had anything to do with the Titans. Right. Unless you're of the generation that watched the Teen Titans cartoon in the early 2000s. But, you know, they they can they can pull in other villains from the DC universe, give them to Supergirl, and make them hers for this series. So the sky yeah. is really the limit. Yeah, because it seems like Supergirl doesn't really have, like, her own real nemesis. Like, Superman has Lex and Batman has Joker. So it doesn't really seem like there's one villain who is, like, her nemesis. So I I definitely want to see something that affects her personally. Like, I like the idea of the dark Supergirl and the bizarro uh, girl because they kind of reflect back to her. 
And I like the dynamic of Brainiac having messed with Krypton and she knows it like in Superman Unbound. I really like those kinds of stories where it really personally affects her. So I would like to see something like that. Well, we are coming up on the almost, we almost have half an hour left to go and uh, I'm going to stop the Supergirl conversation real quick just to remind everybody that uh, you can still donate um, right now we've raised $1,120, which is incredible guys. That is awesome. So we've, uh, continued to get more donations as we go along. So make sure if you haven't donated and you would like to, that you can go to DC TV podcasts with an S.com slash fundraiser and, uh, find out how to donate. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, so Michael, let's get back to some Supergirl. Um, we sort of touched on like, you know, why a Supergirl show is important and uh, why we would like to see more of a Supergirl series. But I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on like what your history is with Supergirl. Like wh- when did you first either read a story uh, that had Supergirl in it or, you know, when when did you first see Sur- Supergirl the movie? Like what is your first taste of the character of Supergirl. It's really ironic that you ask the question like that, because the first time I really remember seeing Supergirl uh, had to be like four or five years old. So this is like 1980 and they had Super Friends animal crackers. And she was on the box. I remember seeing her on the box. Um, and so my first... you literally had a taste of Supergirl. <laughs> exactly. So th- that's why when you said that, I was kind of like, is she, is she reading my mind? Did I tell her about this beforehand to just forget no, about I don't it? Think so. um, it? It's kind of a, it's kind of a multi-layered answer because the first, you know, the first real Supergirl that I encountered was the movie version. Uh, I was eight when that movie came out. And I remember, I remember buying, get, well, I didn't buy it. My mom bought it. Uh, but it was a magazine with with a with an article on it. And I remember putting that on my wall because I they had this really nice shot of of Helen Slater in the costume. And when I got into the comics, finally, uh, Superman number sixteen, which was the first post crisis appearance of the prankster, at the very end of that issue, they go to the Arctic, and uh, this team finds a girl in a Supergirl costume under the ice. And over the next couple of months, it's this subplot of who is this Supergirl. Now, this is post-Crisis. So Kara's dead at this point. And I had no frame of reference to that because I hadn't read Crisis yet. So to me, my first Supergirl was actually the, the Matrix version of the character. Right. Uh, who eventually became merged with uh, Linda, Dan- Linda Danvers and the Peter David uh, the Peter David era. And I have a lot of affection for that character. I, I haven't read the, t- the convergence issues yet, but I'm really glad that they brought her back for that. Uh, because yeah, her origin was confusing and her, you know, and, and they tried everything with her and she kind of bounced around a little bit. But for me, as somebody who was totally into the Superman books growing up, she was, she was, an integral part of the uh, of the universe, and I really liked her. And rereading it for from Crisis to Crisis, you know, I've kind of fallen in love with her all over again. To the point when they got rid of her and did that Sir L. I don't know if you're even familiar with who Sir L is. No, um, I don't think so. 
Yeah, for like 30 seconds in 2002, 2003, there was a Supergirl from the future. Oh. Uh, that that was uh, turned out to that claimed to be the 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 future daughter of Superman and Lois, and they got rid of her really quick. Uh, wow! And I need to check that uh, out. I was a uh, I was a little upset at first uh, that they brought Kara Zor El back in two thousand four, but you know Jeff Loeb did such a great job introducing the character and kind of giving her a start that uh, that I liked her to the point that. You know, you guys are covering a lot of her post-Infinite Crisis appearances on the show right now. Right. And uh, it, it seems to be kind of a struggle a little bit. Um, so, and I feel you on that because I felt the same way. I'm really looking forward to when you guys get to Sterling Gates because I think you're going to see like a complete 360 or a 180 with the character because you guys seem to want to know, get to know her as a character. You yes. finally get to at the end. Very uh, cool. So, spoiler warning. But no, it's just, you know, Supergirl, to me, is is many things. It's really strange, because I've known so many iterations of the character. That's why I think I'm willing to accept whatever this series is going to give me, because I've known so many versions of her, uh, and I like them all. So it, 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 I know that's a really long-winded answer, and I apologize, but that, that's no, kind of how it is. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I love hearing some of the history of that because I, I, I know some of the Matrix Supergirl just because like my first big comic that I ever read was the Death of Superman story. And so I kind of got to see some of the Matrix Supergirl and her interactions with Lex or whatever the Lex was in that comic. I know Was he the clone? I'm, I'm, I can't remember. He was, he was the clone of Lex Luthor impersonating Lex Luthor's supposed son. Son, son. yes. Okay. So I sort of had a vague notion of what that was. But yeah, so I, I sort of know about the Matrix Supergirl. Um, and yeah, some of the comics that we've been reading is are a little frustrating just because some of them don't like the trade paperbacks they are kind of put together a little funny they some sometimes have issues that it's like what is this doing in here i don't understand the story um but it's it's interesting that there are some similar traits that kind of go throughout the character in different uh in different incarnations whether it be live action or animation or in the comics um but there are a lot of variations and um I see that the Mighty Crispy in the chat says my first Supergirl was in Superman the Animated Series. So just like every Batman and Superman since then, any representation had to live up to that standard. And I think that Supergirl is actually a really great version of her because you get mm -hmm. to see that she has all those. She she has such a different personality than Superman, and I think that's important for the Supergirl character to make her stand out. And she, um, that version, that animated version, is in a couple of different series that, like we've discovered on Supergirl Radio, she's in the Superman the Animated Series, she's in uh, Justice League Unlimited, and so I think that does set a standard for a lot of people because she's been seen so much. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to surprise some people how much they know of the character. Because, you know, it seems like some people are just, you know, discovering her. But really, she has been a constant part of all of the media, except for Lois and Clark, uh, mm, where they never had us, and the Superboy series. But that's just because I don't think they had the rights, and the, the Superboy series had the rights to use her. I mean, they couldn't really, they couldn't even really use Perry White or any of the Daily Planet people. So, um, 
But, you know, you said the animated series on Smallville, on Justice League Unlimited, and, you know, it's just, again and again, this character keeps popping up. And now she's really getting a chance to shine, even more so than the movie in 1984, which a lot of people kind of laugh at. And uh, it's got problems. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. There are some parts of that movie where Faye Dunaway is. Uh, I'm surprised she didn't have splinters in her mouth from the amount of scenery <laughs> chewing, chewing it uh, up that she did. But you know, at the same time, you got to see a live action Supergirl flying and fighting the bad guys. And I think the strongest part of that movie was the Phantom Zone scenes. Oh uh, yes. So I think this show. I really don't want to jinx it, but I really think this show, at least at least in the first season, is going to be gigantic. I think once it hits, it's going to hit like the Flash did, and suddenly so it's going to be what everybody's talking about. And you're going to have the vocal minority that is going to complain uh, about either on a comic book front, on a television series front, or they're going to want to bring real world issues into the discussion and, and, you know, and all that, which, uh, again, I think they were trying to diffuse and they're going to try to diffuse in the pilot, but I think more so than anything, you're going to have, I mean, we're going to dragon con in a couple of months. Uh, do you think we're going to see like a thousand Supergirls? I hope so, because uh, I would like to connect with more Supergirl fans. So if anybody's listening who goes to Dragon Con, you know, holler at us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we'll probably, I would love to see, I mean, people who do cosplay are so quick. Like after um, mm -hmm. Katie, Cass Katie Cassidy had her Black Canary suit that she premiered, like it was not long after that that I saw people cosplaying in that suit and it looked good and i was so wowed by that i even saw recently um margot robbie who's playing harley quinn in the suicide squad movie there are people already cosplaying as the little outfit that they've seen they that uh she's wearing in the set pictures and i'm like how do you people put those costumes together so quickly it's amazing so i would not be surprised if i saw a melissa benoist supergirl costume at dragon con that would not surprise me at all and i would love that so if anybody's listening who wants to do that uh let us know so that we can come and snap a selfie with you because i i think it's very very possible and i'm hoping that we'll have at dragon con some sort of you know supergirl panel of some kind uh, i would like to see more of a presence for supergirl there yeah i mean and, and it's funny because years ago uh there there were a lot of people cosplaying as super supergirl and a good friend of mine named Elizabeth and I were talking about it, and she would go up and talk to them. And to the woman, none of them read the comics. Oh, it really? Was always, it was always an outside media because they couldn't connect to what was going on in the comics. And they're the comics you're reading right now, by the way, because uh, it was during that era. <laughs> because it's such a, a major media thing, uh, I'm... I, I can't imagine that, that you know, because like you said, I never underestimate cosplayers. Because uh, in the Superman books, like back in 2009, they brought this character back called Monel and they gave him a new costume. The first issue hadn't hit the stands yet by Dragon Con, and somebody was in that costume. <laughs> so, See, they are quick. Th th there's a turnaround. I mean, it's, it's not something that I do, 
Uh, my wife wants to kind of get into it, and uh, I, I'm very limited in what I can cosplay because I'm one of these people that wants to cosplay to body type, and I'm, I'm yeah, limited no, in same that. Same here. Same here. Um, but uh, but I, I have nothing but respect for people that do that and do it well. I mean, but even people that, that do it just for the fun of it, I, I have respect for. So I, I think, and, and that's what Dragon Con has really become. Dragon Con's geek Mardi Gras. I mean, that's, oh, where, yeah. you come to be, that's where you come to be seen, uh, especially yeah, it's, at night. It's, so. Yeah, it's, it's a people-watching place, for sure. Um, we, you briefly talked about the Phantom Zone in Supergirl the movie, and we saw, I, well, I don't want to say we, because you said you hadn't seen some of Smallville Season 7, or, or even Season 8, I guess. Um, but I've seen Season 8. You have seen season eight, so you ha- have you seen the bits where Kara goes into the Phantom Zone? Yes, I actually really enjoyed that episode where she was kind it's of powerless Blood- and, and Bloodline. Yeah. I think that was a really good episode. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, so I've been thinking that since we've gotten some Supergirl the movie in the Phantom Zone and Supergirl on Smallville was in the Phantom Zone, what it, what do you think? Uh, do you think that they'll bring the Phantom Zone on in the CBS series? I would hope so. I don't expect them to do General Zod uh, or any of that, but you could definitely do other Phantom Zone inmates. Like, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this one, Crew L. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a uh, great name. <laughs> uh, Jaxer. Um, yeah. You know, yep. they did they, they did Feora, but, you know, maybe you could, you know, they, they brought her into the comics. So, I, I you know, I could see them kind of bringing her in. I mean, there was. Um, I, I thought Smallville handled the Phantom Zone in an interesting way. So I, I really think for the series that what you have is would be the first time where she's going up against someone who has her exact power set. And that's always yes. a great physical challenge. So, but, uh, you know, just, just have, you know, instead of Jor-El discovering the Phantom Zone, have Zor-El discover it in this universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Andy mentioned on one of the times where you uh, you lost my your internet failed me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that um, that all of these shows are Elseworlds. They're 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 different versions. They're not. You know, I have long abandoned the idea that they're going to adapt the comics directly. And frankly, most of the time, I don't think uh, I don't think they should uh, because it's it's two different mediums. So. Anything that they do in this show is, to me, is this is this Earth's version of Supergirl. So the sky, again, I keep saying it, but the sky's the limit with it. Oh, yeah. They can they can do pretty much anything they want to. And I would not even be opposed. Like, I, they may not do it because she's in the cinematic universe. But if they can't do Superman, can they at least bring a Lois Lane on? That would make me so happy <laughs> because uh, I would love to see a Lois Lane interact with Cat Grant. Because my my uh, my thing with Cat uh, is like, why, why is she not at the Daily Planet anymore? Why is James not at the Daily Planet? So, um, so there are some characters that I would love to see come into the show that – Maybe you can't have some of the folks in the the DC uh, from the uh, DCCU, but maybe you can bring some of these other side characters. And, uh, and speaking of which, Zach Young one in the chat says, "Going back to the villains, since Darkseid is more than likely off limits, what about using Mongol and War World to replace him and Apocalypse? What do you think about that, Michael?" I'm totally down with that. Mongol uh, Mongol's a great bruiser intergalactic character. So, um, I, I, I would be down with that. And, and really, you know, 
this is this is this is me going real pie in the sky. Do you know, it. Bring in some of the Legion of Superheroes. Oh I yes. Mean, you can't have Superman, but bring in Monel, uh, who is very much a you know bring in the Daxamites, who Monel is part of their thing. But you know bring in Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad and and Cosmic Boy. I mean they did on Smallville and it worked out great. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you could really, and then you have all of their villains coming in. So, uh, which you kind of have in this, the lumberjack is a lot like, uh, what is his name? It's, I'm blanking on it, but there's a member of the fatal five that has an ax, an atomic ax that can cleave, that can cleave atoms. So it's just, he was in that Smallville episode. He was the guy that, uh, Clark fought in the Legion Smallville episode. Oh, Uh, it's been so long. Yeah, but, they did uh, have the Legion on Smallville. But with the bright and shining uh, Supergirl they have, and, and everything's, I can see everything. There are night shots, but <laughs> most of these shots are in the day. I'm just like, are you sure Dis- DC Comics is responsible for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fun to see her flying around in the sky, and you can see her. Mm-hmm. There's one there's one great shot in the trailer where she's sort of just like, she's, it looks like she has her hands kind of extended, and she's just kind of flying and enjoying flying and it reminds me a lot of helen slater's supergirl from Mm -hmm. supergirl the movie where she's just kind of enjoying flying up there so yeah it is it is definitely a different tone from (laughs) some of the other shows and uh apparently uh zach young uh you are from the dc uh dc tv universe.com so thank you so much for uh helping us promote this event and for your good questions um, I think Apocalypse is one of the the things that I I don't know if they'll be able to use it on uh, this the series, but uh, I think that's a great question that you brought up with a uh, Mongol and War World. But yeah, getting back to the tone uh, with the CBS series, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with uh, the way things look and how it's how it's presented. So yeah, it's it's not it's not bad to see Supergirl flying in in the sky and being able to see her. And her costume looked a little brighter. I don't know if you thought mm-hmm. that, but some some of the promotional oh, uh, promotional pictures we got previously were kind of in. I mean, it was a little darker. They sort of played the Zack Snyder card, where some of the promotional pictures were <laughs> maybe a little a filtered filtered or darker but then when you actually see it on screen it's actually the the color what the color should be and so i was i was glad to see that in the series where uh in or in the trailer she actually had a costume that was very red and very blue and she has that yellow belt and so it is nice to have i mean i love the dccu i'm, I'm like you i loved man of steel um but it is kind of nice to to see some sunshine and i think that's reflective of supergirl and how she gets her powers from the sun yeah, and the costume just looks great. I mean, the shots of her in the DEO headquarters and her walking away, the cape is like the perfect length. And, you know, yeah, there's not a yellow S on the back of it. I'd like to see that, but, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to get that because outside of Superman Unbound, they just don't, they haven't done that since... They haven't done that since Lewis and Clark, really. Uh was the last one to really have anything on the back of the cape. But, I mean, it's just... Everyone was complaining, or not everyone, I say that, it's a general statement, and I really am trying not to say it anymore, Uh, but there were a lot of complaints of how dark it was, but man, when she walks in with that, the scene where she puts the S on for the first time, and walks in and stands in front of the mirror, uh, 
I was just like blown away. I'm like, that's a Supergirl outfit. I mean, it's just, and I'm kind of hoping, and 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 this this is silly, but I'm kind of hoping that when she's going through the different uh, costume changes, that they play holding out for a hero, uh, like they did in the pilot <laughs> episode of Lois and Clark. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it gives that vibe of you know Clark trying on his different variations of the costume with Martha. That was kind of fun to see, uh, because that's a that's a great moment in that pilot and i'm trying to remember now because i haven't watched the lois and clark pilot in a while which is a shame i should watch it all the time uh but doesn't doesn't superman have to save like a spaceship or something mm-hmm. he flies a pilot? shuttle yeah he he flies up to a shuttle that uh he flies into a shuttle eats a bomb oh that's right yeah and then has to lift that into space. And it was a pretty impressive shot for 1993. Uh, I, I vividly remember watching that when it premiered. So uh, the, the shorter version of the pilot, uh, they cut 15 minutes off of the, uh, and cut some scenes out to have like a behind the scenes thing right afterwards. And you wouldn't see the rest of that until they reran the episodes as a two-parter. Oh, uh, wow. Or if you I watch it on DVD. Yeah, it's it's really it's kind of strange. Um, it, it was really weird when I when I saw the pilot on the DVD for the first time. I'm like, there's all this extra stuff at the beginning, and I'm I was confused. But then I was <laughs> like, no, they they cut some stuff out for that initial airing to have that behind the scenes special. So uh, the, the things I remember, I yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You have a good memory. Yeah, I was just I was asked yesterday about Supergirl saving the the plane in the trailer and how that seems to be a common thing of uh Superman doing that as well with, you know, Superman the movie and and well he does it in Superman Returns. I guess that's like his first big rescue when he gets when he gets back into the public eye and like John Burns Man of Steel he saves like a rocket ship kind of a thing. And so I was trying to remember, I think, I think he did that on Lewis and Clark too. So that seems to be mm-hmm. a very common thread that the, the Superman family likes to save the flying vehicles from yeah. destruction. Yeah. It all goes back to Superman, the movie, because the, the magnificent thing about Superman, the movie that wasn't actually in the original script was not only does he save Lois, he catches the helicopter. Yeah. And, between John Williams' score and the special effects, I mean, I still get goosebumps watching that scene. And I was kind of getting the same goosebumps watching her save the plane. You know, when she ran into the alley, I'm like, oh! (laughs) It's a great moment. It's a great (laughs) moment in that trailer. And I love the fact that she's struggling with the plane. Like, it's not mm-hmm. super easy for her. She's she's struggling with it, but she she apparently does it because everybody in the plane seems to be okay. But I like that she has to struggle with it at first. Oh, uh, I, I forgot. Now, favorite moment of the of the trailer, the shirt rip. There, there, oh, there's we a didn't shirt even talk rip. about it. Yes. There's a shirt rip. I was just like, I saw that and I gasped and my wife laughed at me. Um, because I was just like, we didn't get that in, in Man of Steel. We barely got it in Superman Returns. Yeah. Uh, I was so disappointed with that. But, uh, but no, when, when she rips the shirt open, I mean, it's, it's a little weirder because the, the way that shirt, the, her uniform sits, it's mm-hmm. not like Superman where the, the, the S sits like really high on the chest, but still I saw that I'm like, okay, you sold me. You've got me. You could you could screw up so much in this pilot, and just because you did that, I'm willing to give you guys, you know, like metric yards of slack. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's cool that they've included some of those iconic things in there. And I even like the the shot of James and Kara on top of, I guess, Catco, because that sort of makes me think of, you know, all the times that Superman's standing on top of the Daily Planet. So some of those those iconic moments that they put in that trailer really made me as a as a Superman, Supergirl fan really get excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I cannot wait till November. I have not been this excited about a new super property. I really got to go back to Superman Returns. Because uh, of the way Superman Returns played out, I was a little more cautiously optimistic about Man of Steel. But the buildup to that movie coming out, I was just like on cloud nine, and everything was Superman. I mean, he's my favorite character. So now... Yeah. By extension, the property is my favorite property. So anything to do with it, I'm, I'm just, I, I just seeing, seeing the logo that S Shield with Supergirl and the CBS logo at the end of the trailer. I was just like, it's real. This yeah. is happening. This is this is this is this is good. This isn't a rumor. This isn't set photos. No, the, 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 they they have a graphic. So now, obviously, it's it's there. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Uh, I think that's why I got so excited when I saw the trailer because, like, Teresa and I had been talking about it for months. But then mm-hmm. when I actually saw that, oh, yeah, they actually went out and shot this thing and they <laughs> cut it together and they put music to it and they are at this uh, upfront uh, thing for advertisers trying to sell it. Like, I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is a real thing. I was just like you. I was like, oh, this is uh, this is actually something that I can watch on television. And that made me really excited. <laughs> um just real quick, let me ask you, like, if you could recommend one Supergirl thing to people to watch to kind of get a sense of the Supergirl character, do you, do you have something that you could recommend? Uh, I, I, I'd go to Superman the Animated Series, really, for a more friendly version, because she's never really in the costume on Smallville. Uh, and that's nothing against Laura Vandervoort. That's just how that show worked. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's nothing against her performance or anything. But I think... You know, I th- I think there's at least one streaming service that has the animated episodes, and the DVDs are dirt cheap on Amazon right now. So, but seriously, watch Little Girl Lost and Unity, and uh, especially that final episode she was on on Justice League Unlimited, where they go to the future. Yeah, uh, I think those are great representations of the character. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different uh the little girl lost is kind of a little bit different in terms of her origin and where she's from, but you still get a good sense of who she is and her interactions with the Kents and her interactions with Superman and her her sometimes impatient personality. Um mm-hmm. you me- you mentioned Unity and one of the things I love about that episode is that she is told to take the bus. And yeah. she does not, she has, she has on her like wig and her glasses as her, her secret identity. And she does not want to take the bus. She's like tapping her toe in, in just like, I, I, I could run. I could, I could super speed. I could fly out of here faster than waiting on this stupid bus with all these other normal people. And so I think that kind of personality is uh, something that kind of 
go I mean it's not a it's not a bad thing it's just kind of the way she's wired that she's like no I want to show off <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I think you get a good sense of her personality in those episodes and her connection with Superman so yeah that's a great recommendation it's a very easy way to get into the Supergirl character and her interactions with everybody else well we've got five minutes to go and uh let's see what we've done oh, oh so we've gone up a little bit in our fundraising uh, efforts we are now at one thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars so if you still haven't donated yet uh and you would like to go to dctv podcast with an s.com slash fundraiser and that'll tell you how to get there uh get to the page to where you can donate um, so thanks so much for everybody who already has donated and uh, feel free to continue to donate, spread the word if you want to on uh, the Twitters and the Facebooks. Um, and uh, so, Michael, as we wrap up, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, easiest place is uh, fortressofbailey2.com. Uh, it's my Superman uh, blog that I update infrequently, but it's it's also the home of or one of the homes to From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, where Jeffrey Taylor and I are going through the post-crisis Superman one, you know, like basically one half month at a time at this point. You know, we're giving every issue full coverage. We just, uh, I'm in the process of editing the zero month issues and rolling into Dead Again. So uh, if you, if you ever really wanted to learn about the post-crisis Superman, that's uh, it's not a bad place to go. If uh, That doesn't sound too egotistical. I mean, <laughs> if, uh, we, we, we certainly gave Death of Superman uh, the, the definitive coverage. So uh, also every Monday night at 1030 over at the Superman homepage, I am a co-host of Radio KAL Live. Uh, this Monday we are having Superman writing legend Elliot S. Magan back on the show. Oh, very uh, to cool. Cel- to celebrate Miracle Monday. Uh, but we just talk about the latest and greatest in Superman. And I'm telling you, uh, this week we got Elliot. Next week, Steve and I are probably going to be talking about nothing but Supergirl. So uh, this really allowed me to to kind of get my thoughts in order. So that uh I'll probably be just geeking out as hardcore as I was, you know, in this one. Which I haven't done in a while. Let me tell you how happy that makes me. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm also part of the Two True Freaks podcasting network where I'm on a show called Comics Monthly Monday and Tales of the Justice Society of America. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, if if anybody would like to call into Radio KAL Live, I can attest to Michael and Steve being very nice to all the callers um, and caring about what other people think about Superman. And I, I think that's a great thing that you guys do because you create this great community through your live show and your uh, your chats that everybody has a voice about Superman and, and you all care about the character and, and even about Supergirl. You're such a proponent for Supergirl. So that's why... Uh, Teresa and I like to have you on Supergirl Radio. So thank you again for filling in for Teresa tonight. And sorry about all my buggy internet problems. I swear that never happens. It just happens to do it when I'm live. Uh, and I guess that's the way that goes. Um, but real quick, if uh, you want to contact Supergirl Radio for any uh, any further thoughts, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. And you can like us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. So if you uh, want to talk more about the Supergirl trailer, I know we kind of hit on it. And I, I, 
I knew that it would take up all of our two hours to talk about that trailer because there's so much <laughs> to talk about, so much to talk about. So we'll be uh, covering more of the Supergirl TV series in the coming weeks and uh, digging more into the comics uh, for next week where we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, on Monday uh, and uh, for next week's episode, we're, we're going to talk about Supergirl Way of the World. So if you'd like to read that and get in the discussion with us, hit us up uh, at Supergirl Radio dot com well uh thanks for uh sticking with us in this chat everybody and uh for listening to our segment of uh, supergirl radio for this fundraiser and make sure to donate if you haven't already and uh be sure to stick around for our final hour which features everybody that's been podcasting today quiver the green arrow podcast legends of gotham the flash podcast and michael and me so be sure to stick around for that <laughs> <laughs> 